You're listening to Biz Souls, the business podcast with an edge, hosted by me, Rona Lewis, and Jeffrey Hansler. Tune in for perspectives and discoveries about the changing world of business. It's time to connect to the heart, soul, and humor of how business gets done. Wait, we can't go on because I was wearing a shawl because I'm cold. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biz Souls. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Hanser, and Rona was complaining it's cold. It's never cold in California, and it never rains. It's we get freaking uh, freezing. I know, and we get to the heart and soul, and I'm glad it is because it helps with the light. We get to the heart and soul of business and the people that make it happen, which is us right now. Again, We're again, it it's again. us. This is the second podcast of our three, maybe four, if we stretch it out a little bit, conversation on Peter Block's Flawless Consulting book, which Jeffrey is pretty much an expert at. And he was talking to me. It's kind of like when I was talking to you about Stuart Brown's book, right, Play. Right. It took him almost a year to read it. So it took me almost a year to read mine. This is my, I have the third edition. This is it here. It's probably backwards in your, and um, you have the second edition, which shows you how long ago you read it. I was still a small child. And, um, so last, the first podcast, uh, last podcast, we just gave a foundational view. And now we're getting a little bit more into the process of it. Yeah. And if I'd known we were doing a Peter Block commercial, I would have called him and gotten some money from him or something. Anyway, uh, look, what Peter, what, I got you, babe. What we're going to do, Peter, is we're, well, Peter, <laughs> we're just people, talking to people's, 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 people's. No. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to talk, uh, just go basically through his five phases. So that's how he broke out consulting and we'll make comments on it. It, and that'll be this this segment of the podcast. Rona, why don't you um, no, um, do no, you start off or do I start off? <sighs> okay. Everyone take a breath. What we're going to do. He has a five phase method of consulting and we are breaking that down. And Jeffrey wow. has the first one. Okay, good, good, good. So he calls his first one entry and contracting. Yeah. And basically it, it, it's very simple. It's the first meeting, which could happen at a restaurant, could be a sign meeting, could be happening at an event. You don't have your headphones oh, on, Oh, I Jeffrey. don't have my headphones on. Oh my gosh, I'm flying naked. Well, that's because I can hear you and you can hear me. I know. And the sound, I'm looking at things. Oh, it's almost like in The Matrix when the guy doesn't see the data. He sees hamburgers and things like that. Okay. Hey, okay, there you go. That's better. a little better. Okay. Now you okay. can hear me. Of course, they can They can hear me in New, New Jersey from here, but that's yeah. beside the point. Okay. We digress. Back okay, to okay. phase one. Okay. Here we are. Phase one. Uh, first meeting. And uh, it could be many things for a first meeting. And then we're going to explore the problem. And uh, by exploring the problem, it really means asking the client what the problem is from their perspective. Okay. And then during this time, our, our main thing that we should be thinking is around, uh, about is are we the right consultant and that's one of the biggest mistakes consultants make is they think oh there's somebody here with a check i should be their choice and that's not the case because that ends up with unhappy clients right. unhappy results yep. and a lot of failures any comments on that well what i love about this is that it does flow right into the second one it's it's all about asking asking questions and and seeing if if you even like each other exactly you know? and you have to decide like for example uh, uh, this comes in, it's a, it's a little bleed with training. Because yeah. we do training uh-huh. uh, as part of our consultant, we often ask, or I get asked to do different trainings. And I'd done a bunch of classes in the medical field okay. uh, on consulting in the medical field. And so I got recommended to this company that part of the reproductive process. Okay. And they were like, no, they were the number but one. But not sex. No, 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 no. It was about <laughs> making babies. It wasn't like a 
no is about infertile. In, uh, that, what, what are you? Isn't that work? Isn't that how that works? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> in vitro anyway. fertilization okay. is what it was about. Right. And they were like a biggie for the Asia group and okay. things like that. A lot of people will fly over to do that. And they they said, okay, we want you to do a customer service thing. Well, I can't just go in and do a class. I have to find out a little part sure. of it because consulting's in my blood. You right. know, it's part of my DNA. So as I went around, it became very obvious that it wasn't their people that was a that were the problem. The problem was the system they had set up. And uh, so at the end of it, I said to the guy, look, I'd love to do customer service for you. It's not going to solve your problem. Your problem is your system. Mm. He goes, well, we just spent $2 million on it. Then you have a $2 million problem. Maybe we should deal with that problem rather than trying to force your people and blame it on them. And they didn't go with us. Yeah. They and did not want to hear it was their fault. No, they fault. didn't want to yeah. hear it. And so, you know, if a client can't look at that, now I understand $2 million is a lot. And so, and the part were all doctors. They weren't business people, well, which that's, is how they yeah, got in the mess. They probably didn't listen thing. to the system people. They probably insisted on how they do it. And they're just going to continue to be that way. And as I understand, through the rumor mill, and because, you know, the mm. environment's pretty small, they're no longer number one. They've been trumped by a, a couple of other organizations. And the reason the comments, when you look at the comments and the replies, why people do business mm-hmm. with them or don't, is the customer service thing. So instead of dealing with the problem, they created another problem, which is they're not successful. And that yeah. happened. Yeah, that's, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but it reminded me of, and, and this just happened. So, you know, I was working with a cancer organization, that, right. a, a place that uh, did natural cancer Correct. cures and the owners were doctors and they, they had no system in place and they had no idea what they were doing and they didn't want to hear it. Right. And as a result, and it's, they're well, not doing very well. Right. right and, it, and it's tied to their cash flow and yeah. things like that. Um, second, right. what's our second phase? Discovery story? and dialogue. So this is where you really need to sit down with the client once you decide it's it's worthwhile to work with them and see what the issue is. And Peter Block says this very well. The presenting problem is never the real problem because everyone has that unconscious bias and it's never my fault. Uh, this is uh, like when I was working with regional company and they wanted my help because they weren't getting the engagement. It was just at the beginning of the pandemic and they were working with hybrid and remote people and they did not know how to handle it. So they were kind of losing people left and, and, and right. And I had to kind of guide them to a different perspective by asking the right questions and getting them to understand that it's more important for them to figure it out using my guidance than to me, for me to just say, oh, this is what you need to do. Right. And a lot of that comes, we gather that in our first meeting with them, which right. is what I love about Peter Block uh, model here. They flow. It's like a waterfall into mm-hmm. each other. The entry and contracting flows right into discovery and dialogue. He doesn't skip steps. He flows into them. And you're helping them figure out the problem. Otherwise, they wouldn't need a consultant. If they could identify what the real problem is, a lot of times they work on the symptoms rather than the... Exactly, exactly. I mean, then the uh, the actual cause. Yeah. And that's how they get done with that. And then a big part of that, Rona, mm-hmm. too, discovering dialogue is helping the client see a different perspective. I mean, that right. takes a whole communication. Well, and so many bad consultants focus on the research, getting them to do the research and understanding is all very well and, and good. And they, they just kind of say, oh, good, here you go. This is really nicely written. This is, this is what your issue is. And they don't do anything. Whereas the action is 
because Peter Block is, is all about the action. That's that's what you want to do. You want to you want to mobilize the client into some sort of action. Right. I want to clarify here for the two steps. When you actually gather the data, that's going to be in feedback and decision to act. That's actually a step three okay. thing. What Rona was talking about was as you're in discovery and dialogue, is this going to be a recommendation? Yes. Right. Consulting project or an action. An action. Yeah, okay. And we should always default to the action standpoint. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. You explained no, no, that it, much better well, than I did. Well, because they flow, they're all connected. It's just that he's broken them down. So as we go through this, mm-hmm. I mean, we do this stuff unconsciously. Right. And so we don't think about it in terms of phases because once you learn the phases, you in just terms do of it. just yeah. talking about it, though. And that helps our listeners. So, okay. okay. All right. So what's the third one? In the second one, the last thing is we have to work on how they're going to address the problem. Yes. So we look yes. at what are resources available? What are the, who are the people we need to talk to and all those things? And then we go into, we actually start doing what we put our kind of plan together and uh, we collect the data and then we summarize things and we present it and then we come back. And, and when you present the information, you've got to expect re- resistance mm-hmm. because as you're finding facts and the data to support your hypothesis as it is, they're going to, they may not like it. Nobody likes to be told they've made a mistake or right. done something wrong. Sure. And then you get into the, okay, so we've got our initial plan to collect the data and stuff. Now, what's the plan to actually deal and take action on the problem? And that's what we do in this phase. So we've got a little bit of planning in in phase two. And then we've got, again, another segment of planning in phase three. And for this one, the biggest thing, the hardest thing is always how do you present the information? Because usually you've got a ton of information for a client. You don't want them to go through all of it. You want to summarize it. And in summarizing it, you need them to make that leap of changing their perspective. And that's the hard thing. So we got hired by a trade union. Uh, Jim and I got hired by a trade union to do uh, to help them grow membership market share. And they uh, they had a bunch of suppositions why they weren't growing. And mostly it was blaming outside forces. And so we went through and we interviewed a bunch of, uh, surveyed a bunch of union contractors and non-union contractors. And in doing that, we then, the way we communicated to them, because we didn't want to tell them what the results were, we um, hid whether they were union or non-union union contractors, threw them on a table and said, okay, you, t- you tell us which are the union contracts, which are the non-union, and they couldn't tell the difference. And when we pointed out that the union contractors are the ones with the sharpest, harshest criticisms, mm-hmm. it was a real eye-opener for them. And they realized that they had to change things internally, and that was it. That is how the project got moved forward. And it got moved all the way up to the, the president of this trade union. So well, go. everybody got involved. So we went from a regional level to a national level for this. Well, there you go. That's... That's great. So tell us about four. Four is engagement and implementation. And I actually, I actually told the wrong story that I I wanted to tell a different story for, for stage two, but I will, uh, and I will get back to that if it, if it makes sense. But the engagement and, and implementation, that's the, the doing part of the phase three. That's the, how much of the consultant's time do you really need? Do, Do they need to get involved in the little things or, you know, how, how things get 
get get done? Can the line managers do it? Can the the CEO take right. over? Who's you know, responsible for to what? do what? Exactly. And that that even goes into the meetings that will make those changes. Are you going in as a facilitator? Are you going in as somebody who's going to make judgments or are you staying Switzerland? Do you even need to be there? And one of the things that a good consultant will do is help. I mean, we're not just trying to fix this problem as consultants. Mm-hmm. We're trying to help give them the tools to be able to fix their problem on an ongoing basis. Otherwise, they just go back to the same habits and then they have to call somebody to fix it again. Right. So it's not just give a person fish right. and they're good for one day. Teach them to fish. And that's right. what you're talking about. You're talking about teaching them to fish. Yeah. And there's resistance to it. Oh, and absolutely. In your first story, there was a little resistance. Well, that's, yeah, that's, there was a lot of resistance and they, they didn't want to fish. No, they, they needed to change the entire culture of the organization and they didn't want to. They just wanted to dump the whole thing on on me and it was not in their best interest to do that. Could I have done that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you could could have be, run you know, uh, yeah because I was objective. And you could have actually become a, basically an employee of the organization. Well, yes, I could have. Yeah, I could have become their, their COO <laughs> from, right. from it and they didn't want to let go of my hand. It's one of the things that you have to do and again, Peter Block talks about being, what was the word? I'm drawing a blank on it. When you're not standoffish, you are, you don't get emotionally involved. Okay. Uh, you're I didn't know objective. what you were going objective. for. Objective. Oh, okay. When you're objective, he tells you to be objective. This is one of the heart poles. It's really it. hard. Yeah. And you really, be. you have to be strong in your values and your commitment to your role as a consultant. Well, it's, and, and you and I are alike in the, in the sense that we always want to be helpful. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that part of our, of our business love language. We want to be necessary and, and, and in the nicest way possible. Which we is be why helpful. we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And it's what makes us good, except we have to understand this is not about us. This is right. about the client. Exactly. And they're giving us an opportunity to help them yeah. and assist them in growing stronger. That gets us on to our last step, which is extension, recycle, or termination. Mm-hmm. You've already been talking, you know, in your story, you were talking about, hey, I shouldn't be doing this. They should be doing that. How is this last phase different? Well, the last phase is different because those discussions that were happening were in the initial plan. Right. And you have plans that go out for a certain period of time. So when they talk about extension here, they're talking about beyond the first milestone, beyond the first targeted result, beyond the first targeted commitment of resources. That's what he's talking about with extension. Recycle means you might have to do it again, Mm -hmm. do similar things, or you might just, you know, everything is good and we're going to terminate it. And maybe we'll terminate because it wasn't a good match. Maybe we'll terminate it because they made promises and weren't going to keep them. Maybe you made commitments you didn't think that you thought would deliver and solve the problem. And maybe they didn't. Well, that's, yeah, this is where, yeah, this is sometimes where, where failure needs to be discussed. And I actually think it's, uh, it's a good thing to go over even when you first come in, you know, phase one, what happens if it, if it doesn't work? How do we, how do we go about it? And this is the chance to, to work on it. Yeah. And we're going to talk about things for consultants to work on to get better at them. Just to bleed a little into that. I mean, emotional intelligence is one of them. You have to be self-aware right? and you have to be able to look at yourself as a consultant and then you have to manage yourself and then utilizing those skills, be aware of others and then help manage others and, yeah. and work with it. And that's, yeah. And that's where the ego comes in. It's the, uh, what's the term? Imposter syndrome, right. where if something doesn't, doesn't work, is it your fault? It's a, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what you're doing. It's just, you, you tried something with an agreement with the, with a client. It didn't work for, it could be a myriad of reasons. Okay. Now we know this, you know, in, in improv, 
of we 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 feature failure because that's where the gold is and at least it's we can we can build on it and that's the next step to success we know we'll never do that again you know and the client has to be aware of that like it's a good thing yeah and going back to um engagement and implementation which you were talking about one of the big things is meetings i mean that's a function that consultants often do they're setting the tone the tempo what meetings need to occur what groups and people need to be there and one of the things that you know that a very you know, very few consultants at this point know is the value of play in meetings, especially now with all the changes. Oh, going gosh. On. Yeah. And other people inside the organization feel like, oh, just because there are a bunch of, of books on games and activities, I'll just, and, I, and you know, I, I, I always say this, I call it game spaghetti. Let's just throw a bunch of things against a wall and see what sticks. And that is the worst thing you can do because there's there's forced fun. You won't get engagement. It, that's just, you know, it, it's taking an all or nothing look and not and not looking at the specific people involved what the issues you know they're not really uh curating it to the actual issue yeah absolutely so yeah one of the things i love about consulting in general is just that we're in a position where we constantly be learning Mm -hmm. and we get to learn from some very bright people clients that we work with they're very to get to a position where you're head of a company you had to do a lot of things right and unless of course you know daddy mommy started the company and then you're the prodigal son of it right just watch succession (laughs) yeah exactly i guess yeah in that case they don't have to be as, as bright or things like that maybe that's what happened to the ford company oh should i mean ford uh, henry ford uh, i know who henry uh, yeah. ford is thank you yeah, 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 his sons uh, some of them didn't run the company that's too right well. that they is very true little issues all right anyway anyway what F- and, finish, anyway, your thought. finish your thought yeah okay <laughs> Peter's outline, his phases phases, model, it's clear, it's concise, and it gives you a mental breakdown so you know where you are. And it's really important for a consultant to know where they are, Mm -hmm. which phase of consultant. It's one of the groups, one of the questions they should constantly be asking themselves. What phase am I in now? Because even though they're outlined one through five here, Mm -hmm. even in our discussion, we were going back and forth forth, right? And And and, that goes on all the time with the client Mm -hmm. because... Because in project management, they call it scope creep. Because, okay. oh, yeah, we, we work. Here's what we agreed to. Here's what we're going to do. Now we want to do this. Wow, that's scope creep. That wasn't part of our original discussion. And that's going to take more resources. That's, more that's their version of, but we digress. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. if you can handle that and it, you can incorporate it and the resources exist, except you have to go back to the original entry. It's almost like you go back to phase one mentally. Mm-hmm. You don't sit and say, okay, client, we're going back to phase one in yourself though you're going to have a meeting about it and you're going to explore the problem see if you understand the problem well and that's the feedback too well you're going to get the feedback from that and you're going to decide if you're the right person to do that phase right if they're jumping off into that and that's why with jim and i and and the work we've done we always have a list of other people with other expertise that we know of and that's one of the other gotten a good reputation for we always seem to work with uh, the people that are the best well that's yeah i i have the same thing in, in in our company where I have a list of, of people who uh, who don't ha- have other skills that I don't. And I think even, even when I was in a manager 
position. I always felt that if I had smarter people around me and, you know, better in, in some areas, I'll look better. Exactly. You know, so they're doing it under the Playful Mind Project flag. Right. And so that looks good on the on the company, just like it does with the Oxford Co. Yeah. And there are times when we haven't got anybody to do what they need or an expertise and, and we just have to be completely transparent with it. I haven't got anybody. And then you can decide to engage with them in a search on it to see if you can solve it if you or you can do some work on it. Yeah. Or just they go off in a different direction. Well, and all of this, if you if we go back to the very first conversation in the last podcast, it's about trust, authenticity and vulnerability and transparency and all those things that get the client to see you as a partner. Right. And I know this is going to be a theme and I'm going to bring it up. I brought up in the last one. The biggest problem with um, and this is Edgar Schein's yeah. thing is uh, culture is like a virus. Mm-hmm. It, it, it infects you. And the longer you are on a project, the more likely you are to get affected, which means the problems that created the problem for the organization, those problems begin to affect you. And it, what's amazing and what we found on when I first, so I knew intellectually about it yeah. and I, I'd even had experience before I found Peter Block's book and, and went through it because I was doing consulting before and I apologize to those clients. I, <laughs> they actually came out okay, but it was really rough and it was hard on everybody. And Peter Block's book really, really helped when I uh, worked with that. It was a struggle. It, it was a struggle on some things because you you intellectually know that you're being affected by the problems and the culture of the organization, except it's, it sneaks up on you. It's so subtle, you don't even realize it. Mm. And uh, before before you know, it's, it's it's like a virus. You get a virus, you go around and make everybody else contagious for a while and you don't know what. And then afterwards, it's only afterwards you go, oh, wow, yeah, that was the first symptom uh, that I was caught into that. And it becomes a full-time job to fight off the effects of that. And, and so again, it's important to know what phase you're in because at different phases, you're going to be a affected by the different cultures of the organization. Yeah, so it's uh, basically it's self-awareness. You need to be self-aware and aware of your relationship with the organization and what's what's going on. Absolutely. And yeah. you know what, Ron, I think that's a good place to call it quits on this uh, one. Me too. Because we're going to get into tips and, and suggestions for consultants yeah. and uh, okay. how to be better at their job. And there you go. Besides reading Peter's book. Yes, that is that is studying a, it. a, a big Not reading yeah. it, studying it. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm, 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 I'm still working it. on that uh, on that part and hopefully I will get to one day where where Jeffrey is where he can <laughs> basically recite the whole thing by heart uh, <laughs> and if you I'm know me there. you know that's not true I, I have trouble remembering what I said two seconds ago so yes I can paraphrase a lot of it yes, and you I can. do remember you can. certain things so, and yes and, all, and, and, right. Uh, all right that's it I am Rona Lewis we, and I'm Jeffrey Hanser and we've been in the studio way too long today and we've got another episode to do great okay alright we'll see you guys next time that's it for us Thank you. You've been listening to the Biz Souls Podcast with your hosts, Rona Lewis and Jeffrey Hansler. Did you have fun? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Talk to you next week.